Welcome to Healthy and Happy. I'm your host, Jamie Staker. I'm a mother of two boys. I have a lot of energy, and I love to use it by doing HIIT workouts, less Mills programs, and dancing. I'm a certified personal trainer and a certified health coach. I'm here to help you understand physical health in all of its aspects and add mental health to your awareness so you can make choices that improve your physical and mental health, giving you your most happy, healthy life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, y'all, and welcome to episode three, Is Tech Addiction Real? I am so excited and passionate about this one. Uh, This is going to be a mental health topic. So before I get started, I wanted you to know about some free content that is available to you on my website. So a while back, I took a poll asking what emotion people were feeling a lot in the last several months, and anxiety was one I heard a lot. So I did a workshop. It was called Free Yourself from Anxiety. I tried to record it, but it didn't work out as I thought. So I recorded it again. So it's not live, but I did record the video again, and it's on my website. So just go to jamiehealthandfitness.com. That's J-A-M-I, no E jamiehealthandfitness.com and click free content and she's all yours baby and there are currently two other videos available as well how to kick the sugar habit and the key to crushing fear and living your dreams now I rotate these out every once in a while so if you want to have a listen hop on over to jamiehealthandfitness.com after you're done listening to this episode so today we are going to talk about technology and how it's impacted our lives, and how we can intentionally live our best, most mentally healthy and physically healthy lives. Now, I'm going to say that again, because I'm not going to tell you how terrible tech is. Okay, that's not what we're talking about today. What we're going to talk about is how technology impacts our lives and how we can intentionally live our best, most mentally healthy and physically healthy lives. Okay, so I'm kind of going to preface it with with that tech is amazing. Okay, I can't believe how far we've come how fast. Cell phones, for example, how cell phones work still blows my mind. My kids watch Storybots, and we love listening to their music. <laughs> I have so much fun listening to their music, seriously. And there's a song that explains how cell phones work. I still don't get it. I have listened to this a hundred times, and it blows my mind that somebody figured out that Waves of air could move a magnet, making changes to an electrical current. And if it goes through a wire and we put like a microprocessor down at the end, then we can track the changes as zeros and ones and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> however else it works. I mean, it's just unreal that somebody came up with that. Some of the sweet videos we can make, heck, computers just in general. I, I will never understand how we invented the computer. Again, with the zeros and ones and the microprocessors and... It doesn't make sense in my brain, but it is just amazing and extraordinary what the human mind has come up with. But it's interesting to me that there's been talk for many, many years of what happens when AI gets too smart for us. You know, you've seen the movies where robots take over the planet or computers start to have a mind of their own and et cetera, et cetera. Well, there's a point I've learned. There's a point that comes before AI overcoming human intelligence, and it's overcoming human weakness. The technology we have today enslaves us. We are addicted to it and even manipulated by it. Now, before you think I'm crazy, I need to explain, okay? Because 
I promise, 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 this episode is not all gloom and doom. It's it's just that I think the brain is fascinating and how all this works really blows my freaking mind. <laughs> so if you don't know how addiction works or how you or your loved ones or your children might be addicted to screens, hang on to your pants because you about to lose them. <laughs> no, but it's going to get real interesting here. I think this is juicy stuff. Now, first I want to talk about agency. Okay, we have the ability as humans to make choices. That's what agency is. So we make choices every day, what to eat, what to wear, if we're going to go to work, if we want to catch a movie. As a human being, we make choices, right? Now, let's talk about addiction and dopamine, and we'll come back to choices later. So our brain likes stuff that makes us feel good. Okay, that is how we were created. We like sweets, a romantic encounter, alcohol, anything, anything that makes you feel good. Your brain is like, yes, you know, the, the Napoleon Dynamite fist closing his hand as he drags it down his face. That kind of yes, yes. Okay, those things are processed through the brain's reward pathways. Dopamine is released and we feel excitement and energy and the brain says, yes, that was good. Let's do that again. So evolutionarily speaking, this feedback loop kept us alive, right? Because it reinforces behaviors critical for survival, like eating or having sex, you know, procreating so that our species could live on. So it can be used for good, definitely. And in fact, in my Healthy Body and Mind Mastery program, we take advantage of positive feedback systems like this one so that you can enjoy making healthy decisions. It's fun to make healthy decisions. It's very cool. But anyway, we become addicted to things because the brain gets used to the amount of dopamine it's receiving and it wants more. So we do the thing more. So whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, sweets, checking social media, anything. And then the brain recalibrates and it says, that's fun, let's do that again. And then you get hit after hit after hit after hit. And you know what? Soon enough, you're addicted. You can't get enough. And it's not just drugs. It's not just porn or gambling or, you know, those typical things that we think about when you hear the word addiction. And I want you to understand how your brain gets dopamine hits off of social media, games, and email. We're going to go with those three. So first we'll talk about how you receive a dopamine hit from social media. Okay. Now the first hit comes from receiving a notification, right? The second hit comes when you read the, most of the time, compliment. Okay, that gives you another hit. So, so let me give you an example. Um, let's say you posted about your big vacation or your first day of school pics for your kids. Or maybe you just got your hair done and it's just looking so good. So you post it. Or you post a picture of you and you're like, ah, this outfit's hot or I look so good. And so you're posting it or, or whatever. So you posted and you are eager to know what people are saying about it. How many likes does it have? What are the comments, right? You want to know, and, and this is seeking social validation, which is evolutionary, okay? Right, so back in the day, if you weren't accepted by your tribe, you could get thrown out, which means you could die. I mean, you, you'd be alone, and the phrase, it takes a village, was quite literal back then, okay? They depended on each other emotionally, physically, everything. It's acceptance is a basic human need. It is. But now we have it on steroids, okay? We were not created to live with and have one million real-life friends, okay? In a village or tribe, you might have had 
like a max of 200 people that you knew. And, you know, probably two to three close, close friends, right? Because, like, even now, does anyone really have more than two to five, let's say, best friends? I mean, people you share everything with? I mean, not many. These people that we have on Facebook, for the most part, they're quote-unquote friends. You know, they're, they're not really our friends. They're just our followers. They're just creepers following us. No, maybe they're not creepy. But anyway, we are seeking validation on such a massive scale. And our brains were just not built to do that, okay? So every time you receive a notification or a comment, you get a dopamine hit, okay? Now, I don't have notifications turned on, but apparently you can also get notified when people wave at you or like get told to wave at people, something about waving, <laughs> or, or notified when someone is typing a reply. Again, I don't have them on. I just learned this. So I've never experienced it. But apparently when someone's just typing a reply, you can get a notification. I don't know. I learned this from watching The Social Dilemma on Netflix, this part. And and it made me aware that the creators of social media, I mean, they want to keep your attention on their platform as long as possible, right? That's That's obvious. I mean, that's how marketing works. You want somebody to focus on your thing so that they'll be interested in it, right? And all the algorithms were created with the intention of keeping you interested to show you more of what you spend more time looking at and and to the millisecond. Okay, so if you spend 10 seconds looking at ads for vintage style clothes, let's say, but only one second at a video for miracle Grow, I guarantee you will start seeing more and more vintage style clothing pop up in your feed. Okay, because they make money by having your attention. They make money by people seeing ads and purchasing stuff, right? So they want you scrolling for as long as possible. Now, I will point out that social media can definitely be used for good. It can totally be used as a tool. So for example, let's say you're wanting to know a good restaurant in your area or a good doctor or dentist or you need help. And so you're you know putting on social media I think all those things are great. And that's really what I love about social media. I'm so grateful that when I need an opinion, (laughs) people are always happy to give their opinion, right? So I really think it can be awesome. I, I have definitely, definitely enjoyed using social media as a tool and not a toy. But you actually can still get addicted to it in that way. I mean, you still receive the notification and you're still going to read a comment and it's still releasing dopamine in your brain. So for for what that's worth, (laughs) So let's move on to games. How do we get a dopamine hit from games? Now, my example is going to be Candy Crush because it is the number one most downloaded game, apparently. So have you ever noticed how easy it is at first? It's so easy to win and winning releases dopamine. So what releases more dopamine? The celebrations, (laughs) the little messages that pop up and say, you did it. You're number one. Tasty. (laughs) They really say that. Sorry if that was creepy, but that's how they say it. And they make you feel good about yourself. So you want to play level two. And the cycle continues, right? You win, you get complimented, you're feeling the dopamine. And that's how all video games work. They're made to make you feel good so that dopamine is released and you want to play more. Email. Okay. Let's talk about email. If you have notifications turned on, it's the same story as social media, right? You get the notification, 
You get the hit of dopamine because you want to see what you got. What is waiting for me in my email box? Now, personally, I think it's more exciting to see what is in my physical mailbox because I love Amazon and I love ordering things and getting packages. But for some people, it's email, okay? So maybe you're waiting for something specific or maybe you're like me and you just get tons of ads that no matter how many times you unsubscribe, they never go away. They just keep coming. But you can see how this can become addiction, right? How we can become addicted to technology. Well, so why is this bad? It's bad because we can't make choices. We're not in control when all we can think about is the next high, just like with drugs. Our ability to choose is suppressed. Now, can you still choose to not give in? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But humans generally choose what's easiest, right? We think, how can I conserve the most energy? That's, that's how we thought back in the day, because you needed to hunt or gather or, you know, you were working, you're doing a lot more physical labor, and you needed to conserve your energy, right? So when you weren't doing something like, I don't know, running from a lion, <laughs> you wanted to conserve energy. Well, now it's more since we're not running from lions, and we're not hunting our own food. Now the question is, what's going to keep me safe? What's going to keep me in my comfort zone? which, by the way, is an excellent lesson for another day. There will be a podcast on comfort zones. But, but it's hard to choose the harder thing because it's hard. <laughs> so it all makes sense. So generally, you're going to let addiction take over. And in my mind, the bigger and biggest thing is, what are you missing out on because you're addicted? Who is sitting around you watching you sit on that telephone or play that game? I mean, all people know is you're looking at a screen. Okay, you could be learning. You could be working. You could be doing anything. I mean, whoever is looking at you, whether it's your spouse or your children or friends, all they see is your face in a, in a phone like a freaking zombie. And that, I think, is the saddest part, is that we are giving up relationships we are neglecting our children and our spouses and our friends whoever we're with whoever we are physically in the room with we are treating them like they're nothing they're, they're not near as important as whatever else we got going on on that screen because we're addicted to it it makes me so sad to see to see this in my own life and in the lives of others and when I watch a show and my freaking goodness all I all they're portraying is these little teenagers on their phones and they don't hear their moms when they speak to them or if they hear them they're ignoring them or I mean they're just so sucked into this different reality and you should really watch this show The Social Dilemma it is so eye-opening and it is what I've been trying to teach (laughs) and preach and whatever for so long and it's what I it's a it's a big task I think that I would love to take on because I want people to understand what is the most important in life and to pay attention to the things that are the most important in life so if you're addicted or if your children or if your spouse whoever it is if you know somebody or yourself are addicted to screens technology social media games whatever it is what can you do What are you going to do about it? At the end, I want to discuss something I'm sure you have never tried to be able to 
kick any addiction, okay? You, you can use it with anything, but, you know, the example is, of course, going to be with this topic that we've been talking about. Um, but first, before we get to that, I wanted to tell you of some other things I learned from studies and from this the social dilemma show I wanted to share some other things because and I think these things can really all be an entire podcast on their own so I won't go into extreme depth with them but I think it's important to understand what is going on okay so studies show the following number one we no longer know how to communicate we choose text messaging people over talking face-to-face like making good old-fashioned eye contact that is that is a rarity today and it is so sad to me so communication so okay in this the social dilemma they talk about i think they said 1996 kids kids that were born after 1996 they grew up with cell phones in middle school i think is how they said it so I mean, the majority of their lives, they've had technology. I mean, technology has been a big part of their lives and they've started communicating via technology rather than face-to-face and now they just don't even know how. They don't even know how to do it. Oh my goodness. Many problems that can arise there, but like I said, we'll leave that for another podcast day, but communication is getting harder and harder. Number two, suicide rates and self-harm among teenagers is skyrocketing and I would betcha It's increasing amongst older people as well. I mean, like I said, this was only about teenagers, but that, again, makes me so sad. Suicide rates and self-harm is skyrocketing. Why? Probably from these next couple that I'm going to read. Teenagers and people 18 to 34 feel like they aren't good enough. And this is men and women. Men and women, boys and girls, everybody. They feel like they aren't good enough that their life isn't exciting enough and that they aren't attractive enough because of social media. And I'm going to go ahead and say probably other factors too, okay? Other things too, but this particular study was just looking at social media. So other things too. The next one is that people are experiencing fear of missing out, FOMO, and the comparison trap. Those are on the rise as well as anxiety and depression. Why? Because we're looking at a highlights reel all day. We're looking at the success of this person or the looks of this one or how successful this one is. And, and all we can think is, well, that means I'm not good enough. That means my life isn't exciting enough. I'm not attractive enough. And then that leads to the suicide and the self-harm and the terrible depression and the anxiety. I mean, it's all so, so bad. And it can all be stopped. It can be prevented. Now, again, is it easy? No. I mean, this is the world we are living in, and I don't think this technology is going anywhere. But I do think that we can learn how to use it responsibly. Okay, so in in my health coaching, I feel like it's my responsibility to teach people how to eat healthy, right? We just got to learn because the sweets aren't going anywhere anyway either. You know, we're going to have sweets and we're going to celebrate at Christmas and Thanksgiving and birthdays and you know they are there we just have to learn how to navigate the world around them sometimes and yes enjoy them sometimes too and I I think it's exactly the same with social media we have to learn how to navigate this world that we're in with the social media and just be able to use it healthily we can we can totally use it healthily so let me give you this is this is the what I was talking about the tip I'm going to give you at the end for what you can do 
Now, if you know that you can just say, oh, well, I'm just not going to pick up my phone or I'm going to take notifications off. And that's honestly where I would start is take notifications off of your social media for sure. Um, email, I realize if you need to have it on for work, like, you know, there's important things that you're going to miss if you don't get that email and get notified about it. I mean, I understand. But I think for the most part, like I said, if you're like me and all you get is junk, <laughs> then maybe you could turn off the email notifications. So anyway, if you know simple things that you could do, I am so with you. Definitely turn off notifications. Definitely put your phone away. Put it out of the room. Make goals to, you know, do something else instead. But if you need an actual plan, here we go. Okay. So what can you do? You can make PBCs. What are PBCs, <laughs> Jamie? They are specific prompts, behaviors, and celebrations. Now, in, in my Healthy Body and Mind Mastery program, we work together to create your PBCs. And I help you and I hold you accountable and support you. And like together, we can even modify them if we need to. But I want you to try this on your own, okay? I'm so excited for you to try this and see how awesome this formula is. Okay, so I'll do an example with you to kind of show you what this prompt behavior celebration is all about. So if you think you might be addicted a little bit or a lot of bit <laughs> to your phone in general, social media games, checking email, whatever, try to figure out what emotion you feel when you typically, typically get on. Okay, because your brain has a current pathway and it says, okay, I'm feeling bored or I'm feeling sad or whatever. I'm feeling this way and I'm going to get on Facebook or whatever, right? I'm going to just open up my email. I'm bored. For me, it's boredom. Like 99% of the time, I just get on because I'm bored, right? So whatever your feeling is, try to tap it. Try to figure out what that is, okay? Because we want to rewire your brain so that it wants to do something else, right? So, so next we need to pick a behavior. What are you going to do instead? Because have you ever noticed how unhelpful it is to tell somebody not to do something? So then they're like, okay, well, I know what I can't do. And now I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. So if I'm a teenager, I'm probably just going to say, well, mom, now I can't do anything. Did I sound like a teenager? I was trying. But <laughs> I do think it's easier when you know what you're going to do instead. Okay, so it could be anything. Okay, it could be 10 push-ups. It could be run around your house five times as fast as you can. It could be take your phone to a hard to get place and run away. So for me, it's taking it upstairs to my room because I'm lazy and I'm not going to walk up the stairs to my room more times than I have to. I mean, I keep a toothbrush on the main floor <laughs> so that I don't have to go and upstairs to brush my teeth when I'm ready to go out the door. Lacy, Okay. We lacy. So put it somewhere that's hard to get Maybe if you have some place you can lock it. I don't know. I've seen these contraptions. You put it in, you set a timer, and it won't open until the timer goes off. Anyway, it could be listening to a favorite song. It doesn't matter. But the rules are for this behavior, one, it's got to be easy. And two, it's got to be enjoyable. Because <laughs> you're not going to do it if it's not, right? So, so like the goal of this behavior is to take your brain somewhere else. Okay, because you don't want, let's say, you know, with the example, I'm bored and I reach for my phone. And then I'm like, oh, no, that's my prompt. I don't be bored and reach for my phone. 
I'd be bored and I do 10 push-ups. But if I'm doing those 10 push-ups and all I'm thinking about is getting back on my phone, that's not going to work, okay? Because you <laughs> are going to get on your phone after you do the 10 push-ups. So you want to be doing something that is really going to get your attention. So think about, you know, how what's your form like in your push-ups? How's your breath? You know, like really get into the thing that you're doing. If it's listening to a song, be in it to win it. I want to see dancing. I want to hear lip syncing or, you know, actual singing. Be all in, okay, to this behavior that you're going to choose. Make it easy and make it enjoyable. Okay, so that is the behavior. And then we celebrate. And I freaking mean celebrate. Do not forget this part. This is the most important part. If you do not do it, you have failed. Okay, I know it's a little harsh, but it's true. You have to celebrate. And you have to choose a celebration that is one, honest, two, genuine. Maybe that's the same thing. It's got to be honest and genuine. And you can't, you can't fake it till you make it with this one. I do believe in fake it till you make it. <laughs> I do think that that works sometimes. But it's not going to rewire your brain. You cannot trick your brain and you can't trick chemicals into working. <laughs> okay. So we need a release of dopamine. And we need to associate it with a new pathway. So ideas for what to say for your celebration might be like, yes, I did it. Or you might say success or victory or I am so proud of myself. Or I am so proud that I just did 10 push-ups instead of boredom scrolling. Right? And might I add that two hands into the air is the universal sign of victory. Okay? It's the most natural thing a human being does when they have succeeded. So consider <laughs> adding a high V to your victory cry. Okay. So again, these celebrations, it, it's just got to be honest. You have to genuinely be proud of yourself. You, you really can't fake it till you make it. Okay. And, and I mean, I gave you some examples of things to say, but I mean, I highly, highly recommend it be very you and very genuine, right? Like for me, I would never be like success. That's just not a word I really say. But like, oh, I did it. Or I'm so proud of myself. I mean, I, I, I would say those things. So again, it's just got to be very individual. Take your time figuring out what the celebration is going to be. And if you try one that doesn't work, change it up. This really is the most important part. Now, I hope you did not feel like that was all gloom and doom. Okay, I do want you to understand. And I just think it's so fascinating to understand how the brain works. Okay, and how we get addicted. And I mean, the fact that we even can be addicted to technology. Some people have no idea. Okay. And for the sake of our communities, our families, us as individuals, I want us to not be addicted to technology. I want us to go outside and play and be real people, not zombies staring at a screen. I want us to enjoy life and have fun and have our dopamine hits be from real life and real people instead of a screen. In closing, I wanted to quickly say that, again, there are good things about social media, games, and email. We can use social media as a tool. We can enjoy a game with friends and family, and we can use email without getting addicted. But you need to honestly ask yourself, am I okay? Or do I have a problem? Are my children okay? Or are they suffering from FOMO, the comparison trap, feeling like they aren't good enough, feeling like they don't know how to really communicate, or maybe do they have 
no idea how to entertain themselves without a screen because they spend too much time on screens, right? So be honest and ask these honest questions about yourself and those that you love. I also wanted to seriously invite everybody to watch The Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix and it explains way better than me how how we get addicted and what the costs are to our society and to us individually. And then make goals with your family on how you are going to use tech more healthily. Okay, if you want or need help making these goals and follow through, email me at jamiestakerzero at gmail.com or message me for the link to learn more about my Healthy Body and Mind Mastery program. Okay, so go watch The Social Dilemma and make plans with your family on how you are going to use tech healthily. Okay, maybe add in some of those PBCs, the prompts, behaviors, and celebrations, and let me know how it goes. Okay, I want to know. I want to know your thoughts and your feelings and everything. Okay, thanks for listening, y'all. Have a great rest of your week.